participate here. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Awesome. Let's stand up this morning. We have a lot to celebrate this morning. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is why we're here today. That's why we're here every Sunday and every Wednesday. So let's celebrate this morning. Let's just start by telling that story. It's the same story for 2,000 years. It doesn't change and it doesn't need to because it's the best story ever told. So as we sing this first song about glorious day, living he loved me, dying he saved me, sing from the heart this morning, sing with me right here. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. The word became flesh and the light shined among us, his glory
Good morning, and we want to welcome you to Harmony. Whether you are in person or online, we want to thank you for joining us on Easter, and we are hoping that you're going to have an awesome time as we celebrate Easter together. You know, uh, that, that song we just sang, it's definitely a glorious day where Jesus took our sins, he died, he was buried, uh, but what's absolutely incredible is not that he just died it's that he rose again. And that's what separates it from everything else where somebody would say, hey, I've got this faith or I've got uh, another faith. The one thing that separates Christianity from everything is the resurrection of Jesus. And today, that's what we come together and celebrate. We come together and celebrate uh, that he took our worst, gave us his best, and he rose again. And we have hope forevermore in him when we trust him with that. I want to thank you for gathering with us today. If you're online and you're watching and you've gathered with us and this is your first time, we want to thank you for being a part of our online campus or online ministry. Uh, we just want to encourage you to let us know uh, that you're watching today, whether it's your first time or not. Just interact and engage with one another and let's celebrate the resurrection. But if it, it is your first time online, please let us know and we would love to send out a gift to you and we'll uh, get up with you a little bit later today, uh, tomorrow, and, and get all the information. We have a gift we would love to send with you, so you can share that with us. You don't have to do it publicly. In fact, you could download our app. The Harmony of Avon app is available in the App Store. Google Play, the App Store, you can download that. You can get a Connect card and let us know that you have watched with us today for the first time, and we would love to honor you with a gift that just says thank you for gathering with us. If you're gathering with us in person today, you can do the very same thing. You can download that app. Uh, you can let us know that you're here uh, and uh, fill out that Connect card. Let us know that you're uh, in the 1030 service, and we have a gift that we would love to give you. And if you're in person, obviously, stop by our connection service our connection center on your way out today at the close of service i want to thank you for gathering with us how many of you are excited that it's easter today how many of you are uh, yeah i'm excited that it's easter we need to go ahead and uh celebrate that uh we've got a couple over here that we're going to work on throughout the service uh we're going to get them awake and going with us uh and and being a, a part of it and they're wondering who i'm looking at now and I, i'm i'm not going to tell you Carolyn and Brad, I'm not telling you whether it's you, Dawn, Bailey, Mike, Marriott, not, not telling you what, whether it's you or not. You can just wonder as, as to, to what it is. But we're, we're all going to celebrate uh, the, the reality that Jesus is risen, and we want to thank
thank you for gathering with us uh, today. Here's a real quick prayer request that I have. I'm asking you to uh, pray for Leon Manette. Talked with Charlotte a little bit yesterday. Let's continue to pray for him. Leon is at home. He's recovering, uh, but his liver is not performing like it needs to. Uh, Leon has battled a liver disease for quite some time, and that was part of what created all of this process, and uh, he needs uh, God to intervene and, and work in his life. So uh, please uh, pray for Leon and pray for God uh, to give complete healing uh, in that circumstance and situation. I know that there are many other prayer requests, many other needs that are taking place, and uh, we're, we're excited that there's an empty tomb because there's an empty tomb that gives us reason to have hope, that gives us reason to pray, and reason to believe that God is the one who can do all things. And today, that's what we celebrate. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Then we're going to sing a, a couple of songs, and I'm going to come back and uh, give the message, what does the resurrection have to do with us? Easter is far more personal than what you might think. And uh, I hope today that when we leave, uh, we leave knowing that truth. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And Lord, I ask you, Lord, uh, for Leon, I ask that you would strengthen him and, and be with him. I ask that you would be with the Parrish family as they're watching online today. And uh, God, I just ask that you would take care of Darren. And, and Lord, that you would bless he and, and Linda. Lord, I know that there are many others that are in need of our prayers. And, and God, I just ask that you would uh, be with them. Father, as uh, many are thinking about getting baptized next Sunday, as we have baptism Sunday next Sunday, we already have several. Those that, that are, are saying, hey, I want to get baptized, I pray that you would uh, give them the courage to take that step and that you would just be with them throughout this week and continue to guide and direct them and help them uh, to follow you in that process. Lord, we, we come together today and we just ask that you'll help us to set everything else aside and Lord, focus on you for these few moments that we're together. And God, we ask that you'll speak to our hearts as only you can, for it's in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Stand with us one more time as we continue to celebrate. Sing this old anthem of the church with me. On a hill far away stood an
I can face tomorrow. That gives us hope. Like John said, the empty tomb is the greatest hope that we have. It's the thing that we use to worship him every day, to serve him every day, and to keep looking forward. He is our living hope today. And as we sing this last song, think about your personal relationship with God. And is, is he your living hope this morning? This story is a great one. Let it inside. Sing with me right now. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, 
turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin.
I don't know about you, but I'm glad that he is our living hope. Last year, churches all across America and throughout the world were empty on this day. Parking lots were empty. Businesses were empty. The only thing that was was full was our minds with questions. And and here's the reality. Our houses were full at that point in time because that's where we were. But do you know what else was empty that's more important than, than anything? The tomb. The tomb of Jesus was empty then, and the tomb of Jesus is empty now. And somebody would say, what does the resurrection have to do with me? And my answer would be this, everything, right? People want to know what's in it for me. What can I get out of it? I can tell you this, you can walk away from Easter with with everything you need and everything you could ever want for this life, and get this, the next It's incredibly important. It's not just a day where, by the way, we give away some delicious peanut butter eggs, right? I mean, those are are pretty good. And I want you to know, if you don't like those, Jesus died for you too, okay? I I mean, we we can all get in on this. But but here's the reality. The best thing in life that that you could lay your hands on and and say, look, this has got to be it. This this has to be where I I find meaning and where I I find some purpose. I want to tell you something. Jesus overrides that. He brings more to the the table in his resurrection than anyone else could ever hope to give. You see, when we look at the resurrection of Jesus, we ask, what's in it for us? And, And let me just ask you a question today. Has there ever been a time in your life where you've been afraid? There ever been a time in your life where you faced an obstacle that's bigger than you are, and you're honestly getting up early and staying up late wondering how you're gonna deal with it? been that that situation and circumstance that that relationship that fell apart that job that you planned on retiring from letting you know that that's not going to work out I, I mean you're young and and you're in love and and that person breaks your heart and you thought man that was the one and you find out that they didn't think you were the one right ever been there or am I alone in that feeling you know it, here's a a reality the resurrection of Jesus walks us through many emotions and feelings of life. When you begin to look at the the resurrection of Jesus and ask that question, what does it have to do with us? We're going to find out on that first Easter morning, that first resurrection day, that that the the ladies that followed Jesus, the disciples that followed Jesus, the crowd that, that was there, you see, they expected Jesus to still be in the tomb. But when he wasn't there, it changed everything. And we're going to look at a group of people that, that have plenty in common with us. They had an obstacle they didn't know how they were going to overcome. They had fears that hit them from every different direction. They could only see what they had experienced, not what the reality was. You ever have a different experience than someone else? Like maybe you, you, you listen to a song and somebody else loves it and talks about how great it is and you listen to it and you're like, wow, that is just terrible. What, what's the point of this? Or maybe a restaurant. You go to a restaurant, somebody told you it was, it was wonderful, right? And, and you get there and you're like, man, that is just, there's no way. What is wrong with them? And you can never see their perspective. You, you, you can't see anything different than, than what you imagined and, and what you felt and what you experienced. You see, when, when the disciples discover the empty tomb, they, they also gain a, a different perspective. But, but not only a perspective, they're, they're reminded that God keeps his promises. And we're going to get to some of that in just a moment. But, but let me ask you something. Have you ever asked yourself the question, God, do you honestly know what you're doing right now? 
Do you know where I'm at? Do you know what's going on in the world? Take, take a look around, God, in case you haven't checked lately. It looks like some things are falling apart. I feel completely alone in this endeavor that, that we call life. I think we've all had those experiences and more. So when you say, what does the resurrection have to do with me? Here's the reality. The resurrection has everything to do with you. Let's take a look at Mark chapter 16. And here's what we're going to discover in Mark chapter 16 in the first seven verses. These people are ordinary people just like you and I. There's not a religious leader among them. There's not a political authority among them. There are people who have some checkered pasts among them. There's some, some people that, that have questions and circumstances, and they haven't figured everything out about life. They're there among them. So, so let's just take a look at, at what these common, ordinary people, people just like us, are going through. We take a look at Mark chapter 16 and verse number 1. We, we just begin to read down through here. And, and it says this. Now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. They're, they're going to bury their dreams. They're going to bury properly their friend. They're in this, and they're going to let it cost them something. They're prepared to take the wealth that they had, and they're prepared to anoint the body of Jesus. And these spices were very costly in their day, very valuable, and they're all in in this process. They're laying it all down, and they're ready to go in and bury Jesus. And it says, very early in the morning. As they had come to anoint him, very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, get this, among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? You see, if we were just going to stop and talk about it right here and not go any further, this is a point where they're saying, look, there's something in our life bigger than we are. There's something in this immediate day, in this immediate moment that is bigger than we are. Let, let me ask you something right now. Do you have an obstacle, a barrier? Do, do you've got something that feels like it's bigger than you are right now and you're just kind of searching for the right answer? You're searching for, for how to navigate that setting and that situation? We're, we're looking for direction in life. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do next? God, what do you want me to, to do with, with my life? And many times as a, as a Christ follower, we're answering those kind of, of questions. We're thinking about those things, but we're struggling to try and find the answer. We're struggling to try and find what do we do next? How do we get around it? Maybe there's a setting and, and situation that's, that's bigger than you are in a, a relationship. Maybe a setting that's, that's bigger than you are financially. The, the list is endless, and they're thinking about all of these things. For them, it's a stone that's literal, that's been placed there by soldiers, been placed there to keep the body of Jesus where it was put. But here's when things begin to change. It says, but when they looked up, when they looked up, the story begins to take on a different meaning, a different perspective. It says, when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. You know, some of the things that we think are way bigger than we are and that we could never take care of ourselves, God has already taken care of them long before we get there. 
That the things that occupy our minds, the things that we're so concerned about, the things that are imminent in our mind and, and we wonder how we're going to accomplish it, God has already taken care of it. I mean, we can move from the, the practical side of things to, to the really difficult side of things, but, but God is already ahead of us. We begin to, to look. I, I can look back in my life and think about moments where, where I, I was concerned about something and how am I going to deal with this? A moment growing up when, when you're like, look, I'm just really not prepared for this test today. And, and, and you're going, God, I need your help. And you get there, and your teacher was sick, and you got a sub, and guess what? No test. You know what? That was a victory. That was a victory at that moment and that time. Why? Because when I took home a bad test score, you know what? I needed the resurrection of Jesus, right? I mean, I needed a whole lot of hope in my house. That We grew up, you had an ability and there was an expectation that went along with that. But here's a truth. We often worry about things and God takes care of them long before we get there. So they get there. The stone is rolled away. And what happens? It says, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. And I love this verse. Verse number seven, so much hinges on it. It says, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. And there you will see him as he said to you. Let's just walk through this real quick this morning. As we ask the question, what does the resurrection have, have in for, for you and for me? What, what's in it for me? What, what applies to our life? Here's the, the first thing that I, I just want to walk through with you. It, the resurrection of Jesus makes the impossible possible. That the resurrection of Jesus makes the impossible possible. You say, what do you, what do you mean by that? Here's a reality. It's, it's impossible for you and I to go to heaven on our own, right? We just can't do it. The Bible says that we're all sinners and we all needed forgiveness and we all need a savior. And God had a plan and here was his plan. His plan was this, that Jesus would come to the earth, that he would die on the cross, right? He endured a brutal death. As you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as you go back into the Old Testament, which by the way, Isaiah was written nearly 700 years before Jesus would come on the scene. Isaiah said that he would be beaten beyond recognition, that people wouldn't even be able to recognize him as a man and that he would die on a cross and be lifted up. The psalmist said the, the same thing. That he would be lifted up on a cross. And that men would look upon him. And that they would gamble for his clothing. Do you know what happened? Those things that were prophesied that would happen took place. We began to look at this group on that first Easter morning as they're going to that tomb and the resurrection of Jesus tells us the impossible is possible you see when Jesus took care of our sin when he took care of the grave he took care of the greatest obstacles that man could ever face and can I tell you this if we can trust him with our greatest obstacle we can trust him with absolutely everything Life truly begins when we start 
to believe and accept that with Jesus, the impossible becomes possible. Because it's impossible for you and I to get to heaven on our own. It's only possible through Jesus. Not just his death, not just his burial, but his resurrection. You see, it hinges on that truth. It hinges on that moment. When the impossible becomes possible. Do you know that throughout history we're told that Rome crucified somewhere in the neighborhood of 20,000 Jewish men. Think about that for just one moment. We think about Jesus and his crucifixion, how brutal it was. These people are experts. I would say when you've killed 20,000 people, you're kind of an expert at it, right? You've got it down. You've established your routine. When you look at how they, they took life and how they crucified people and executed them, we find out that there's, there's more than 20,000. But, but, but here's a reality. There's only one that rose again, and his name is Jesus. You see, all the others couldn't do what Jesus did. All, all of those that, that may have said they had a message of hope, look, they, they couldn't deliver on it when it needed to be delivered on. All of those that may have been relatively good people that got caught up in a, in a situation and, and made the wrong choice and they had a, a price to pay because that's what society said they, they had to do. Look, they could not handle what Jesus handled. They couldn't go through what he went through and come back from. You see, here's a reality. When Jesus hung on the cross and said, it is finished, he wasn't saying, I am finished. He said, it is finished. Well, what is finished? The payment for your sin, the payment for my sin. The pain that he was taking on our behalf, all of our, our shortcomings, all of our failings. All of the times that we would do wrong, Jesus was paying that penalty. When he said, it is finished, that was for you. But he wasn't finished with what he wants to do in and through your life. In fact, at that moment, when Jesus said, it is finished, the faith of Christianity is really just getting started. It's really just beginning to sprout wings and do something absolutely incredible. You see, Jesus, he makes the impossible possible. What barriers are bigger than you are right now? What, what, what problems are you struggling with? You see, Jesus is bigger than a stone that you can put a name on. He's bigger than isolation. He's bigger than fear. He's bigger than sin. He's bigger than the hurt. He's bigger than, than the letdown. He's bigger than the person that walked out on you and, and left you hanging in, in the midst and, and you're going, what do I do now? How do I get through this? When you feel like you can't possibly make it, I want you to understand that Jesus makes the impossible possible because of the resurrection. I want you to understand this. For the past year, we've lived in a culture and society that, that has thrown fear out there. And on, on every day, here, here's what happens. We, we have a, a report that comes out, and, and, and it's, it's given in such a way that, that we all wonder, are we going to be okay? What's next? It's not just given with a little droplet of fear. It's like a bucket load of fear. 
right? And it's changed the way we think. It's changed the way we navigate society. It's changed the way that we answer questions. It's changed the, the habits that, that we have. It's made an incredible impact, and understandably so in many aspects. But the narrative that's been going on that we're surrounded with many times in this life, not just the past year, but in this life as a whole, is a narrative of fear. And here's what happens in the lives of, of those that, that come to the tomb early that morning. Here's what takes place. They go, and they're, they're thinking, man, who's going to, to move the stone for us? And when they look up, they see the stone has already been moved, and they hear these words, don't be afraid. Today, if you're a Christ follower, you don't have to live by fear because Jesus offers something that's greater. Jesus himself said, hey, don't fear what can happen to the body. If you want to fear someone or something, fear the one that rules over your soul. And that's God himself. When they, they come to the empty tomb, I'm certain that there was already some uncertainty and fear in their heart. But, but here's the reality. As they come to the tomb and they find the stone is rolled away and they get the message, don't be afraid. Do you know what that tells me? That tells me that people in Jesus' day were afraid, just like people in our day are afraid. When I begin to read through the Bible over and over and over, there's fear that is gripping somebody's heart. Fear that, that shows up in a way of, of this, am I going to be accepted? Am I going to be loved? Is life going to change? What are they going to think of me? Can I really count on them? All throughout scripture, people are having those questions about others and about God. And here's the reality. Over and over and over, Jesus meets them right where they are in the midst of their fear. And he says this, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I love that the angel says, hey, don't be alarmed. I know this is a scary thing right now. I know you're like going, wow, this is, this is worse than anything we could imagine. Jesus was, was living just a couple of days ago, and we had set our hopes and dreams in the future, and we had plans, and we knew where we were going, and now there's all of this uncertainty. And they were certain that they were going to bury him. And then they look up, and the stone is moved, and, and they see a light, and they see somebody in a shining garment. And he says, don't be afraid. Well, here's what the resurrection of Jesus does. Not only does it calm our fears, because Jesus meets us where we are. And, and I don't know what your fear is today. Right? It, your fear could, could be any number of things. But I just know this. Jesus will meet you in the midst of your fear. Elijah was a prophet of God, and he was afraid. And God said, look, you're not alone. It was the fear of isolation. We, we, we look at others throughout Scripture and there were times where they were afraid. Mary, getting ready to bring Jesus into this world, being used by God. And what did the angel say? Don't be afraid. Joseph, don't be afraid. Over and over and over. Where people are making choices and where people are faced with unusual circumstances. Here's what Jesus says. He meets them where they are and he says, don't be afraid. It's just the, the concept of we don't have to let fear control our life. Because there's one that is greater than we are that's in absolute control. You see the resurrection of Jesus. What does it have to do with me? It makes the impossible possible. It calms my fears, but it offers me a new perspective. It offers me a new perspective. Have you ever noticed that sometimes in life we just need a different perspective? Do you notice the way Mark writes the narrative? 
As, as he's writing the story and he's telling uh, different ones about it and he's letting us in on what's taking place, he says the whole time where they're walking, all they can think about is what they had seen the day before. The, the grief that they had experienced with, with friends as they gathered together alone. And, and they were thinking about that day that we now call Good Friday, that day where Jesus was crucified. And they were thinking about the events of that day that unfolded. And they were thinking about how he was beaten beyond recognition and how he was placed in that tomb and took him down. And they didn't even get to give him a, a proper burial. And now they just want to go back and make things right. And all the dreams and all the hopes that they had were wrapped up in that linen cloth. And they said, man, they're buried and there is no hope. You ever been at a point where you felt like all your dreams were gone? Maybe, maybe it hasn't been there. Maybe you've had a struggle, and, and it's a simple struggle, but all you can see is, is the problem. Sometimes in, in life, the only perspective we can see, you, you remember a minute ago where I said somebody tells you that, that they went to the best restaurant ever and you went there and you had a different experience and you can't see how it was the best for them and you've got a completely different perspective? You know what the angel says to them? The angel says, be not afraid. He says, you seek Jesus of Nazareth. And here's what he says who was crucified. That, that word crucified doesn't mean that he hung on the cross for just a few moments and they let him down. It means that he was crucified and that he died. But here's the statement. It says, he is risen. And just so you know he is risen, I want you to come and see where they placed his body. You see, the, the stone of the tomb was rolled away. Not so Jesus could get out but so they could see in. So, so that they could see in. Why? Because they were trying to unpack some things and they were trying to understand some things and, and their life was kind of chaotic at this point in time. And, and, and here's what the angel says. He says, look, you're, see, you're searching for Jesus and I know you're afraid right now. And here's the reality. You're not going to find him here. Another of the Gospels tells it this way. They, they said, look, you're searching for Jesus of Nazareth, but, but I've got a question. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? You see, a, a lot of us are, are looking for solutions to life in dead ends. We're, we're looking for answers to life in places we can't find the, those questions. And, and here's the reality. They came to that tomb, and, and the angel said, I want to give you a new perspective on life. Jesus is risen. You see, from the moment you see the words when they looked up and they started seeing what God was doing, here's what's happening. They're seeing that they can trust God with the impossible. They're seeing that Jesus will calm their fears. They're seeing that Jesus offers a new perspective. Here's what they're going to see next is that they can trust his promises. The resurrection of Jesus reminds me of his promises. And it doesn't just remind us of his promises, right? It reminds us that he keeps his promises. Every one of us can remember a promise that somebody made that was important to us that they didn't keep, right? You live very long. You can look back at a moment in time where that happened. Why does that happen in this life? Be because we're, we're humans and, and we fail. We fall short. But, but here's a reality. 
The Bible says that Jesus kept his promise. When we begin to, to look at a couple of different aspects, it says, verse number seven, but go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. Get this. Just a few days earlier, this is what Jesus has said. It's recorded in Mark chapter 14, verse number 27. Jesus is predicting what's going to happen, and he's telling them what's going to unfold. It says, then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written. He says, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. He's talking about himself. He's talking about them. He says, but after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Jesus had told him just a few days earlier, this is exactly what was going to happen. He says, look, the shepherd's going to be stricken. The, the sheep are, are going to be scattered. He's saying, look, I'm the shepherd. You're, you're the sheep. You're all going to be dispersed. And, and it's going to seem like chaos. But I want you to understand, on the third day, I'm going to rise again, and I'll meet you in Galilee. And when they get there, what do they discover at the empty tomb? That Jesus keeps his promises. You know what the Bible says in the book of Acts? In Acts chapter 2 and verse number 21, it says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know what it says in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 13? Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5, it says this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Have you ever felt in this life like you were isolated? You ever felt like you were alone? I, I think over... Some of the past months in our lives, there's been some times where we've felt pretty isolated. Some of you are saying, man, I've been trapped at home with multiple kids and, and I didn't feel isolated at all, right? I, I, I would have looked for some isolation and maybe appreciated that for, for just a, a moment. Here's a reality. We've, we've been on an emotional roller coaster, but do you know what is true? Is God keeps his promises. He always has. He always will. Let me ask you something today. What, what do you need to trust him with? You see, the question wasn't whether Jesus had already told them, look, this is what's going to happen and I'll meet you in Galilee. No, that, that wasn't the question. The question was, did they really believe it? Did they believe it to the point they were willing to trust it? You see, a lot of us have, have heard about the promises of God, but do we really build our life on those things? You see, when they were reminded of the promises of God, it changed everything. Why? Because for that moment, that period in their life, they were, building, they were building their life on the experiences that they had just had on the days before. They weren't rolling back to the feeding of the 5,000 where Jesus took a, a lunch and a few loaves and, 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 and fed 5,000 people with just a couple of fishes and loaves and, and how that was miraculous. They, they weren't focused on that. That didn't have their attention. They weren't thinking about the, the God of the impossible. They weren't thinking about the one who lived a, a sinless and, and perfect life. They were thinking about their circumstances, about what they were enduring. Do you ever struggle in getting your eyes off of what you're enduring and what your circumstances are? to know what God is up to. I've been there. That's real for all of us. And when we begin to, to look at what they experienced, 
They had experienced Jesus walking into to town, taking his time, allowing Lazarus to pass. It's recorded in John chapter 11. The sisters come out and said, man, if you would have only been here. And he said, look, he'll live again. And they said, oh, we know he'll live again someday in the resurrection. And he said, no, I am the resurrection. You see, these, these people that are at the tomb, these people that are letting the circumstances rather than the promises of God occupy their mind right now, they've forgotten about the resurrection of Lazarus. They've forgotten about all of the things because we tend to operate in this concept, what has happened lately, right? right? There's a, a saying, what have you done for me lately? And a lot of people say, oh, it's not like that in the Christian faith. Here's a reality. We, we often make it like that. God, what have you done for me lately? What, what can I trust you with today? And, and can I just tell you something? When we begin to look at the recordings of Scripture and what the Bible has to say, there's promise after promise after promise that God has kept. It's 2021, a promise that was given more than 5,000 years ago. When it rains, you often see one. It's called a rainbow. God said it forever ago, and it happens. He's the one that orchestrated it. He put it in the sky, and, and it takes place today. The resurrection tells me I can trust him. It reminds us of his promises. It reconnects our faith. In Luke chapter 24, we see something that, that's basic, but it's so needed. Especially when life seems hopeless. When it seems like we don't have answers when we're trying to find the way. In verse number six, it says this. Well, we'll go back to verse number five, Luke 24. It says, then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the son of man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Here's what it says. And they remembered his words. That goes to those promises. All right, here's what happens. It reconnects our faith because it says this, then they returned from the tomb and told all things to the 11 and to all the rest. Do you know what sin does in our life? It disconnects our relationship with God. That's what takes place. Well, why did Jesus come to this earth and die? Well, why did he rise again? Because you and I were intended to have a relationship with God. We, we were intended to, to know God and to walk with God, and to trust God, and, and to be able to have that ongoing connection with him. But sin breaks that connection. And sometimes, even as believers, we let circumstances rattle that connection and loosen that connection. And the resurrection takes a life that is shattered by sin, and it begins to put the, the pieces of that life back together because there's hope in a Savior who died for you but also lived again for you. It takes a faith that is focused on circumstances of life and the questions of life and the struggles of life and the whys of life. Why is this happening to me? I don't know that I can trust you. And it begins to let us know that he's still in control, that he keeps his word, and that we can trust Jesus to be who he 
says. The moment that they look up, they see the stone is gone, that they don't have to be afraid, that Jesus keeps his word, that they're remembering the promises, it all begins to click and they say, yeah, Jesus told us this. Isn't it amazing the things that interrupt our life? The things that that keep us from enjoying some of the things that that God has created us for, a relationship with him. We begin to, to think about that aspect. I would ask you this. Does your faith need reconnected today on this Easter Sunday? Has there been something that's interrupted your faith? That does it need reconnected to him, to his promise, to his presence that can calm your fear, to the fact that he can do the impossible? You see, not only does it reconnect our, our faith, what does the resurrection have to do with us? It gives us a greater purpose provides a a greater purpose you you ever wonder if if you have something worth living for here's here's the truth the resurrection provides a greater purpose what happens when they discover that jesus is risen again and that jesus keeps his word and they're told wow he already told you about this do do you know what they they do here's what happens as we just walk through it the angel says come and see The one that you saw on the cross, the one that you see, that just as you could see, guess what? He is not here. When you come and see Jesus for who he is, it changes everything. And maybe today you need to come and see Jesus as a savior who loved you so much that he died for you. Maybe you need to to come and see Jesus not just as Savior, but as one who makes the impossible possible in your life, the one who can calm your fear, the one who, who can get you through the circumstance that you're in today. Whatever it might be, maybe you already know him. Maybe you need to be reminded of the empty tomb and come and see. Because here's what happens after they come and see. Here's what they do. They go back and they tell the other disciples. They said, look, Jesus is risen. There's no more discussion about how awful life is. There's no more discussion about all the problems that they're facing and and what they're going to do. They go and tell the other disciples. Now, understandably, when you read through the Gospels, they've got questions. They said, wow, we got to see it to believe it. And they go, right? They have their own come and see experience and they, they leave wondering what happened and they're unpacking everything and they see Jesus alive and faith is reconnected and they, they discover that they have a purpose. They found their purpose in Jesus when they felt like Jesus was no longer the thing, when they felt like Jesus was was uncertain in their life, and they were wondering, can I trust him? Here's what happens. Their purpose waned. They began to do something different in life. They began to operate by fear. They began to operate by circumstances. But when they discovered Jesus was alive, here's what they did. They went and they told each other. Right now, we need some people that are are Christ followers that will help strengthen one another, to remind each other, to remind our culture that God is is alive and well, that Jesus is still on the throne, that Jesus is still in control. We need that. 
We need people to talk about the goodness of Jesus, not just the circumstances that we're experiencing. We need people that will step forward and say, look, let's strengthen the church. Let's be an encouragement to one another. Let's share the hope. For the past year, I understand nobody wants to die, right? I get it. I know I'm going to heaven, right? Not because I'm a good guy, not because I'm, I'm the pastor. And some of you are going, I don't even know that you're a good guy. Okay, trust me, I am, all right? Just take my word for it. Here's, here's the reality. I'm not going there because I'm a good guy. I'm not going there because I'm a pastor. I'm going there because of Easter and the fact that Jesus died for me and, and he took my sin and he rose again and I have trusted him with that. I've invited him to forgive me of my sins. I've accepted him as my savior. There's nothing else I can do but believe that and be obedient to his call on my life to receive it. Believing it, accepting it. Here's the reality. I find purpose in him. But can I tell you something? Because I find purpose in him, I don't have to, to be afraid of what might happen to me from the culture, from sickness, from, from other things. I can trust him with it. And that doesn't mean that I don't operate sensibly. It just means I don't have to live in fear continually. And the church needs to get back to saying, we trust Jesus. And we're not going to be guided and directed by fear because here's a reality. On resurrection day, it changed everything, right? Even the little one agrees, right? That was a perfect time. Here's a, a, a reality. We need to trust him because he's trustworthy. I know that some of us are saying, look, I, I'm not necessarily ready to go to heaven today. Not that you're not saved, just that you don't want to leave this life today. I get that. All right, I get it. This year, I've, I've stood at the graveside of friends. I've done their funeral. People I've known for, for the in, entire life passed with, with COVID. I get the fear, and I get that it's real. But the moment that these people experienced a risen Savior, it changed their conversation, and they talked about the hope that was alive. Church, no matter what day and age we're in and no matter what's going on, we have a hope that is alive, and his name is Jesus, and it gives us a greater purpose. It gives us a greater hope. You see, they went and told each other, and they encouraged each other, but get this, they would go and tell the world. Go and tell the world. The last words from Jesus were this. Go into all the world and teach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Teaching them to observe all things. And here's the reality. He said, I will be with you even unto the end. And you know what they did? They went and told do you know what Easter ultimately is about? Easter is about people coming to see that Jesus died and he rose again. And because he died and he rose again, we can trust him with everything. And today, if you've never come and looked at the empty tomb, you've never taken a look at the cross that he died on and the empty tomb that he rose from, I want to invite you to take a good look at that because Jesus did it for you. 
But I also want to encourage you, if you have done that and you have trusted him, I want to encourage you to strengthen others. To be a carrier of hope in the midst of circumstances that might not be the greatest. But I want you to, to hear this, those that know Jesus Christ as your Savior, that, that you're a part of the body of Christ. And I read earlier this week, I heard a statistic from Barna that said 70% of people that identify with Christ that are adults that are a part of a church have never heard of the Great Commission. I want to make certain I want to make certain that that's not true for anybody that's here today or watching. The Great Commission is that we come and see who Jesus is, and after we know that, we go and tell all that we know that he's done in our life, that we go and share our story. Here's a reality. If we've come and we've seen Jesus and we've trusted him, we need to strengthen each other. And we need to do it today. But we need to go to those that don't know him. Because Jesus didn't die for just those that are already here. He died for those who've yet to come. And I want to encourage you to come and see Jesus for all that he is. To go and strengthen those that know him. To be a carrier of hope. But to take that hope in Jesus to those that don't know him. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you today and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you've done. And Father, in these final few moments, we ask you to guide and direct. And if there's one here that doesn't know you, Father, we ask that you would help them to come and know you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to ask you a simple question. Are you certain that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Are you certain that you know him? Has there been that time in your life where you've said, I'm a sinner, I know I'm not perfect, I've missed God's mark, and I need to trust him as my Savior? If there's never been that time, let today be that time. Let today be that moment. Let today be the moment where you pray this prayer. If you've never trusted Christ, but you want to know him as your Savior, you want to know that you're going to heaven. You want to begin to experience more of what Easter is all about. Pray a simple prayer like this from your heart to the heart of God. It doesn't have to be out loud. It just needs to be sincere from you to him. Just say something like, dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and my life is certainly not perfect. And Jesus, the best I know how, I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose again. And Jesus, because of that, I'm inviting you. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. Jesus, help me to know more about you and to live a life that's filled with purpose for you. You see, if you pray a simple prayer like that, I promise you that Jesus will keep his word because he does keep his word. He always does. So today, if you don't know him, but you would like to know him, Pray a simple prayer like that right where you are, wherever you are. Invite Jesus to be your Savior. Whether you're here, whether you're online, let us know about it. If you're here, you can stop by the Connection Center on your, your way out. You, you can let us know with, with the app. Hey, I, I've trusted Christ today. If you're online, you can message us and let us know that you've trusted him. We would love the opportunity. 
love the opportunity to be able to help you know more about Jesus. Today, if you're here and you say, John, I already know Christ as my Savior, what's it have for me today? Let me ask you, what what obstacle seems impossible right now? What fear is resonating? What do you need a new perspective on? What promise do you need to be reminded of? What purpose do you really need to be living for? Are you letting people know? Have you come to see Jesus? Are you going to strengthen others and tell others who he is? Maybe that needs to to be you. Maybe you just need to reconnect with Jesus. Reconnect with with the church and say it's going to be a priority in in my life. Whatever it might be, take time and talk to God about it right now as I lead us in prayer. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And Father, we thank you that you died, but God, that you didn't stop there. Your word teaches us that without the shedding of blood, there can't be the forgiveness of sins, but it also tells us that because you rose again, you've conquered sin, death, hell, and the grave. And Father, because of that, because of what you've done. We, we don't get what we deserve or what we earn. We get what, what your grace and your love freely give us. So Father, help us to trust that and to receive your grace and your love and your mercy into our hearts and into our lives. And Father, once we've done that, for those that know you, help us to live for you. Help us to let other people know there's one that loves them, that can forgive them, that can take that guilt and shame and, and take the the problems of the past, the circumstances, whatever it might be. And and God, you can use all of those things to change our life and to make this world a different and better place because of you living in us. Father, I pray that you'll help us to reflect on you and celebrate you throughout this day and every day ahead. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us on this Easter Sunday, this time of celebration. It is great to have you here today. And I want to encourage you to come back and be with us next Sunday. Next Sunday, we start a series entitled Remarkable, and it's a look at the life of Jesus through the eyes of Mark. Uh, We're just going to walk through some things and see how Jesus lived and learn more about this one who gave his life and died for us. An up-close perspective at the look and the life of Jesus. So you're invited to come back and be with us again on next Sunday. If you'd like to give on your way out today, you can do that. There are offering boxes uh, that are located at different uh, locations. Many people give online at harmonyofavon.com forward slash give, or you text to give. All of that information uh, is available. But one thing, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for being a part of our service today. If you're a guest today, again, I want to encourage you to stop by the Connection Center. Would love the opportunity to talk with you today before you go home. I hope that you have an incredible Easter, and uh, I look forward to seeing you again on next Sunday. Let's all stand, and we're going to be dismissed in prayer. Billy Smith, would you close us in prayer, please?